0: Welcome to the Foundations Podcast from Tulane Chi Alpha Christian Fellowship. We'll be exploring the core tenets of the Christian faith, some core practices of Christian discipleship, and some of the heart habits and heritage-specific beliefs here at Tulane Chi Alpha. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hi, Morgan. Hey. This is Matt and Morgan for episode two of Foundations, season one,
1: awesome. and um, yeah,
0: so last week we talked about, Jason and I talked about God the Creator,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which seems pretty important.
1: Yeah, I, I would think so. <laughs> yeah.
0: So today we're supposed to talk about humanity.
2: Yeah. Now
0: today we have, you know, people might think we have modern psychology, and sociology, mm-hmm. and cognitive sciences, and mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff, so why why do we even need to go to the Bible to yeah. learn about what it means to be human?
1: Yeah, well, last week we talked about God being the creator. Um, and we believe that the Bible is his written word. And really, not only gives us a good example of who he is, um, but who we are. Oh. And um, as we learn about who he is and who we are, um, we learn about how we should act, what we should do, the why do we, to we that we exist, like why do we even exist. The Bible really yeah. kind of gives us a lot of thought behind that um and so as we look into the bible matt where where are some places that we can investigate that question further
0: right right and so obviously last week with the creation story we started at the very beginning yeah and so with this i was thinking about starting at the end
2: mm, um, so
0: interesting. yeah the bible ends with this sh- um, with a story of judgment
2: mm-hmm.
0: um in theological terms we call this eschatology the study of the end mm-hmm. or the the telos which is, doesn't just mean like the end as in period, but yeah. the end as in the goal, the purpose. Hmm. So the, the study of eschatology is not just the study of the end of the world, <laughs> but it's like God's purposes in history.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, so, and it ends with, with judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bible is very clear, it's repeated multiple times all throughout the New Testament, even by Jesus himself, that we'll be judged according to what we have done.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, there's this really troubling verse from Jesus. Oh no, Matthew twelve thirty six, and he says, "I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they
1: have spoken." Yikes.
0: Yeah, I've spoken a lot of empty words in my life.
1: Same. Yes. A lot of empty words today, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> and so, I mean, it just reiterates though, something I talked about last week, is that our words matter, mm-hmm. but then we will give an account for that. Matthew Matthew 25, Jesus talks about, gives this parable of the, the great judgment. Mm-hmm. He talks about dividing the sheep and the goats, and what really divided them was what they did,
2: mm-hmm.
0: if they cared for those who were needy around them. Yeah. And then Revelation chapter 20 is called the Great White Throne
2: Judgment. Yeah.
0: It repeats a couple of times that we'll be judged according to what we had done.
2: Mm-hmm. But
0: it also tells us about the Book of Life, mm-hmm. um, which, which reminds me of what the Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians 2, or really the first 10 verses. And he's very, very clear that we do not earn salvation by doing good. It's a gift from God. But, verse 10 says, we are created anew in Christ Jesus to do good things. Praise God. God has planned for us in the past.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, our, our our deeds matter. Mm-hmm. But still, the idea of judgment um, is really troubling to a lot of people these for days. For
2: sure, for
1: sure. I mean,
0: what are some reasons it makes people uncomfortable?
1: Yeah, I think from my conversations with people and from my conversations with myself, I think something <laughs> that makes judgment uncomfortable is... You know, we don't look at ourselves as deserving of eternal, fiery damnation, if that makes sense. Um, we ultimately see ourselves as quote-unquote, good quote, people. And so, to think about good people um, going to that eternal, fiery damnation is just really, really uncomfortable. True. And it's really hard to kind of look at that future and place yourself in it. Um But thankfully you know because of jesus we have an opportunity not to have that end. but also um when we look at judgment and the purpose of judgment and and what that really even means it gives what we do in this life meaning true and so a lot of people find discomfort they think their life is meaningless it's worthless all the things that they do are not going to have an eternal outcome but because god gives us intrinsic value we do have eternal outcome with what we do. Um, God, for some reason, gives humans responsibility, um, even from the beginning of time, True, yes. to be a, to be his partners. It points to our value, our meaningfulness, and our purpose. And so, Matt, what kind of responsibility does God give us, and what kind of purpose were we created for? Yes,
0: I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> I really am, because I love talking about this. Yeah. And so we can go back to the beginning,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Genesis chapter 1 where it talks about the creation of the first human beings. Yeah. Um, Verses 26 through 28. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, Mm -hmm. in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God he created them. Male and female he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground." Mm-hmm. So a few just important things we want to pay attention here. Yep. God is speaking uh, to the divine council, or some people believe even within the Trinity. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, let us make. So there's, again, reminder of the relationality and personality in God, mm-hmm. in our image. And so it seems pretty clear that part of that image is having personality. Yep. Um, we see that in scripture, and of course we experience that in, in our daily lives. Mm-hmm. Then it says, so that, so here's the purpose why? Why should we make them in our image? So that they may rule. Um, So we see responsibility and authority is given to human beings from from the get-go. That's the purpose, is that we would carry responsibility and authority on planet Earth. Mm -hmm. And then it ends with this idea of God blessing humans and and giving them a commandment to be fruitful and increase in number, fill the Earth and subdue it. So this this brings in the concept of goodness, which Mm. points to morality, choosing between the good and and the evil of the not-so-good. <laughs> yes. And one other point here, and this is in Genesis chapter 2, but where, where were the first human people placed? Well, the Garden of Eden. Yes. And in the Garden of Eden you see beauty, you see provision, you see purpose. Mm-hmm. You also see the presence of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Adam and Eve are meant to kind of be priests, ministering the presence of God back to earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so many scholars see the Garden of Eden as really the first temple. Wow. Um, that where God's temple dwelt, where God's presence dwelt, mm-hmm. and people could meet with him there. The intersection of heaven and earth. And some, some symbology you see here is the, the river. You have mm-hmm. the tree of life mm-hmm. uh, in the temple that shows up as the golden lampstand. And then in Revelation 21 and 22, you have the tree of life returned. Yeah. Um, God's presence. You have the guarding cherubim. Mm-hmm. So these are some of, the, some of the reasons the scholars see the temple and Eden going together. That heaven and earth is, is meeting right there mm-hmm. and Adam and Eve have an important role to play there. They're, they're given personality, authority, morality yeah. and these are aspects of our Creator God who made us in the divine image.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: that's part of what it means to be like God. Yeah. So he says fill the earth and subdue it. Mm-hmm. What does that mean Morgan?
1: yeah well I think part of the meaning Matt you know very well you have four little babies you're yeah. doing your part to fill the earth <laughs> um, so part of it is definitely reproducing people um, and kind of like you know looking at this world and not just being overrun by it but like taming the world and using it for God's good and glory but I think on, a, on another level it's reproducing God's good rule um, throughout the world um creating heaven on earth you could think of it wherever we go kind of like what you talked about with the temple um god made this world full of great things um including us and because we hold like once again intrinsic value we are image bearers to him as we go we bear that image everywhere we go and create heaven on earth um god's given us a lot of cool responsibilities to walk that out um in Micah and James and Ephesians, we see that he's called us to do good. Um, in Deuteronomy and Leviticus and Mark, he's we see that he's called us to love God and love our neighbor as ourselves. Super hard to do, but really awesome to see lived out. Um, and John, he's called us to love one another. And in Matthew, we beautifully beautifully see the Great Commission where he calls us to go and make disciples of all nations.
0: Yeah, and I love the Great Commission because it's like, I mean, a quote unquote spiritualization of mm-hmm. the original commandment.
1: Yeah.
2: First,
0: make physical babies, and now reproduce followers of Jesus. Love that throughout all the nations.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Of course, I would I would say that even without the Bible, we know some of these purposes. Yes, just with through through life, through the responsibilities that we have,
2: mm-hmm. um,
0: we experience it through our conscience. Mm-hmm. Our culture teaches us about these things in our interpersonal relationships. We learn about responsibility. Mm-hmm. We learn about the importance of our words
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, because we see the effects. Yep. And, but ultimately we do need the Bible to, yes. to give us the, the final judgment because some things we just we don't know necessarily without, without God's guidance. Um, the idea of loving your enemy, I'm not sure we would really figure that one out.
1: <laughs> I don't think I would have gotten that far, <laughs> no. Um,
0: but as we look at our experience, we, we have personalities, we have desires and ambitions. Mm-hmm. And I think these point us to purpose. Mm. Um, they're not to be rejected yep. out of hand. Um, now, Jesus says we're supposed to die to them, and that we surrender them to His Lordship and His leadership, mm-hmm. and not just use them for our own selves. Yeah. But these in, innate desires, innate ambitions, when they're properly disciplined, they're they're pointers to our purpose.
2: Yeah. That's
0: so good. So, let's look at Psalm 8, just moving Psalm
1: forward. 8. It says, Lord our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth! You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies, to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place. What is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds, and the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky, and the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth? Yes. Amen. Yes, this is an awesome. Psalm. Yeah.
0: And which just just for listeners, if you want to dig deeper into some of these things, um, the Bible Project has awesome videos.
1: Love them. They just put
0: out a video on Psalm eight. Um, their video on the temple, really a goes deeper into some of the things I said earlier, yep. and there, the video on Covenant goes into mm. something I'm, I'm right about to say right now. Okay! <laughs> now in this in this Psalm, we see God doing what God wants to do, in, but He's doing it in and through human beings. Wow. And even through children and infants. So like, using babies. I know! To get what He wants.
1: That's so cool.
0: Yes. <laughs> Which is totally, like, it's just counterintuitive. Like, He's the enemies of God, how is He going to silence them? Through the voice of children. And so Jesus comes along and he says, unless you become like a little child,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you cannot come into the kingdom of heaven.
1: We, it's like an upside-down kingdom for sure.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And so, but this, this illustrates this idea of partnership that mm-hmm. we saw at the very beginning, the creation narrative fills the do and rule
2: mm-hmm.
0: that God wants to partner with human beings. Mm-hmm. Now, if you look throughout history, um, you'll see different relationships to the divine or, the, or heaven. Um, different mythologies and, and so forth. In the ancient Near Eastern myths, um, the gods are distant, or the gods are annoyed by humanity. <laughs> um, they want to avoid us. Um, and Greco-Roman mythology was similar. Like, they just really didn't care about humanity. But moving forward, even into like our modern era, okay. post-enlightenment, deism, this idea that God has maybe made the world but is not interested in what happens in the world at all.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and then our contemporary secular world, kind of follows that path. Then you have even kind of liberal and progressive Christianity, which seems to kind of disassociate this idea of partnership. And it's Mm. human beings, we're going to establish, like, the right kingdom or the kingdom of heaven through our own efforts and through political maneuvering. Yeah. um, Which is different than the the Bible's picture of partnership. Mm -hmm. God is intentionally active Mm -hmm. within and through human beings. Mm -hmm. Not just saying go do stuff, but partnering with us. Yeah. And so we see here we got creation, um, telling us about the value of humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to expand your mind a little bit, we don't we're not talking about the incarnation today, but God Himself becoming a human baby, like you know through the praise of babies, He's established Amazing. His stronghold. Yeah, like He became a human baby Himself. So just the beauty of the incarnation, mm-hmm. and then that God would go to such great extents to redeem huma- humanity. Mm-hmm. I mean. I don't know how much you can establish the, the value of something right. more than, than giving your very life for it.
1: Right. So
2: true.
0: And so we see this is collective and individual. Mm-hmm. The human beings have innate, really infinite value.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so, Morgan, how do some of these truths play out in real life?
1: Yeah, well, um, you introduced me to a saying that I really love. It is, we are finite expressions of the infinite. Yeah. And so when you think about who god is and his character and his being there there's an infinite amount of ways you could describe that or portray that we have no end um to who god is we can't even fully explain or understand that but the beauty is that we are made in that image and we are all representations finite representations of that infinite god yeah and um in Psalm 8, as we read before, God has crowned us with glory and honor. Um, we were made in the image of God. And we have beautiful intrinsic value, once again, because we are expressions of the infinite. Yes. Um, and not only one by one by one, but us all coming together, we as a community are God's temple, um, or his place where he dwells, where his presence dwells, mm-hmm. Um, on the earth um, once again heaven meeting earth first um, Corinthians three sixteen through 17 says um, one second don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst if anyone destroys God's temple he will destroy that person for God's temple is sacred and you together are that temple Wow, wow what an honor like yeah. to be called that we, of all people, are God's temple in, in His meeting place on earth. Um, and we, we form that as a community, yes. and that's really cool. What do you think about that, Matt?
0: Well, just, like, continuing with First Corinthians, the Apostle Paul does a lot with, with the community there. Yeah. Um, and he, he also says that as a community, we are to form Christ's body.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: there's there's deep truth about how, as, as you are a follower of Jesus, you need to represent Jesus individually, but also your community— needs to demonstrate to the world around us yes like really bring heaven to bear on earth mm-hmm. there's a great responsibility with that mm-hmm. um first corinthians 12 he really delves into this idea of the body yeah i um, so i'm going to read a, a few verses here from that that great chapter just to kind of get the gist of, of what he was saying mm-hmm. uh verse 12 just as a body though one has many parts but all of its many parts form one body so it is with christ and then jumping down to verse 18 While our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. So that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. And mm. this is this is powerful ethics, right? Yes. Here. Yes. Giving like we give it we are supposed to give intentional honor and intentional care to those in the community that are are weaker. Yeah, who for whether it's because of opportunities or or birth or or even bad choices, whatever it is that has put them behind, or, or set them with with less, you know, worldly defined worth, privilege
1: or worth. Yeah, yeah.
0: we we intentionally raise them up because mm-hmm. if the people who have privilege and power and whatnot whatnot they don't need any yeah. extra care.
1: Right. You got it. <laughs> Which,
0: I'm not going to go into it, but speaks to some really important political issues of our day today.
1: Yes, for sure.
0: Um, but this, you're also talking about how we each individually, mm-hmm. we have unique abilities and gifts,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and we also have unique histories, okay. we have unique stories to share. And so every human being is irreplaceable. Mm. I think this hap- this this is really God's intention. I think for all of all of humanity, yeah. for all of eternity, but especially we experience it within the body of Christ. Um, and so, like, if I don't do my part within my community the community will suffer yes if you don't do your part the community will suffer um, and then this makes me think of some kind of nerdy stuff that's not directly in the Bible <laughs> um, but you know what is does what contemporary con- cognitive theory or cognitive science tell us about, about human beings and I've done a little reading on this and maybe too much nerding out but um every human being has a unique fingerprint okay
2: um,
0: even biological twi- biological twins of course, they're biological twins. <laughs> Identical <laughs> twins. They have the same DNA, but their fingerprints are different. Yeah. Um, this happens just because of almost almost chance within like how the genes and how the cells reproduce. Wow. Um, maybe even where they're situated in the uterus and all kinds of this stuff.
1: Crazy, man.
0: Um, the same thing happens at the brain level. Mm. Even be, before we start learning anything or experiencing anything, mm-hmm. our neural networks are unique. Mm-hmm. Um, how every neuron connects to each axon and so forth and so on. And then of course, how we experience stuff. So if you come out of the womb first, you experience something that your one minute younger sibling doesn't.
1: Wow, you already have wow. a unique perspective.
0: And you're one year younger, like there's already another baby out there. Yeah and of course your parents aren't going to react to you exactly the same way. and so you form different memories and begin to you interpret the very same experience differently. Yeah. No human being can have the exact same experience as you.
2: Mm-hmm. You
0: can put them in the exact same situation, but they will interpret it at least a little bit differently. Wow. So we are that incredibly unique. Mm-hmm. And so I like to think this is part of what God loves and rejoices and celebrates about humanity. Why does he want so many human beings? Be fruitful and multiply. And there's like some more than seven billion of us, and he hasn't <laughs> told us to stop multiplying. Right. But he can react, he can interact with mm-hmm. every human being at this absolutely unique level
1: yes it reminds me of something you said before about how a little baby if you play hide and go seek with them or you throw a ball with them they want to do that over and over and over and over and over Mm. again and they never tire of that experience and I feel like God has that beautiful youthful energy of never tiring of that experience of seeing humanity recreated over and over and over again
0: and one of the kind of maybe ethical things I've thought about regarding this is our culture places a lot of value on being unique mm-hmm. be authentic to yourself and you, you do you and whatnot. but that's all based upon your actions yeah. what you do but our ultimate uniqueness all comes down to things we have no control over
1: yeah. <laughs> that's like true
0: our genetics our birth order our, our cultural situation mm-hmm. our socioeconomic level mm-hmm. none of these things do we have any control over
2: yeah.
0: and that's where our uniqueness really lies um, and so it's, it's innate. Mm-hmm. It's by God's creative intention that we're unique. So cool. And so let's really pull this really boils down to our appearances, our experiences. They're not equivalent,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, but they are equally essential to the whole. And James talks about this. Like, you, you can't play favorites because everybody matters.
2: Yeah. It doesn't,
0: like, outside appearances are not what counts. Mm-hmm. They, they should be celebrated. Um, and I'm kind of jumping ahead here. <laughs> but one other point just from, from what you read earlier in First Corinthians, like regarding the temple, God means business. Definitely. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, that doesn't mean tearing down a building. That means if you destroy the relationships within God's people,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you're in danger of being destroyed by God. Yeah. It's very serious.
2: Very
1: serious.
0: Well... This all leads me to, and I guess I kind of already jumped ahead a little bit. To think about some of our like our Kai Alpha heart habits yes. or our values.
1: Yes. So yeah, we believe um, we, as in all humans, are made with God's imprint, so that so we are valuable, full of purpose, um, and so we want to honor and value one another. We want to have a culture of honor in Kai Alpha. Yes. Um, we want to catch each other saying good things about one another, not bad things about one another, building one another up instead of tearing one another down. Because like you said, when you destroy um, God's temple, he does not like that at all. So we as the body of Christ need to be building God's temple um, and expanding it. Uh, Philippians 2, 3, and 4 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking at your own interest, but each of you... To the interests of the others. So, yeah, we want to have a culture of honor. We want to humble ourselves and put others before us. Um, we also want to celebrate diversity, one Ooh. of my favorite things to do. Um, we have a diversity of, like you said, backgrounds and histories and skin tones and cultures and languages. Um, and we want to celebrate that. Um, that's God's design. Um, That we all have that um, those differences about us revelation 7 9 says after this I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation tribe people and language standing before the throne and before the lamb they were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands and so we see this beautiful prophecy of people every single type of person that you could ever think of I'm sitting in right relationship with the father praising him in this like the best church service you've ever been to (laughs) I guess Um, and I think we should be a part of creating that reality not only for um, in times but for right now Um, God has given us all purpose and our purpose is to be unified in loving him Um, and I think that's so much fun Um, And like I said, there's different cultural identities, language identities, and that's all going to be welcomed into God's eternal dwelling. We are not to be assimilated um, into one reality, um, but to bring the very best of all that we are to the throne of the Lamb, our true King. Yeah,
0: it's it's so beautiful.
1: Yeah, I love it.
0: It's just because I love that picture. Like, everyone's wearing the same clothes, apparently. Right. Like, they're all wearing white robes. But somehow, You John, know. Yeah, he can tell that they're from yeah. different tribes and tongues and nations.
1: It's the tribes part. Because I'm like, clothing is what differentiate tribes. So, yeah. like, that's So maybe the white
0: robes are differently designed? I don't know. <laughs> but it's like the, the cultural aspect of who we are doesn't go away. Yeah. God, God celebrates that mm-hmm. and welcomes that. And I think that even points back to partnership. Yeah. Because God created human beings... But ultimately like human beings create a culture. Yeah. That was what like what he gave us to create. And mm-hmm. we we create we continue to create culture today. We do. <laughs> um, sometimes for the good and sometimes not for the good.
1: And sometimes at the speed of light, because I don't can't always keep up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so of course like the, the, the terrible parts of each culture has bad parts and those yes. are gonna be, be left behind. Mm-hmm. But the best parts of every culture
1: still gonna be represented.
0: Yes. So cool. And so everything we do matters.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that matters for everything.
2: Yeah,
0: Um, Colossians three seventeen. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. We talked about we have unique in we're unique in our personalities. Mm -hmm. We have unique particular purposes. Um, I mean, as human beings, we do have one purpose that is unified as image bearers of the King: we're to live for God's glory, Mm -hmm. and that comes down to fill, subdue, and rule. Mm -hmm. But then individually. We, we work that out in unique callings. Or you might know the word vocations. Yeah. So, your job. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, we live out that call to God's glory, fill, subdue, and rule
2: mm-hmm. in
0: our work. Through what we do, we fill, subdue, and rule. Mm-hmm. That might be knowledge creation. It might be uh, cleaning up the community by getting rid of the garbage. Yeah. But we are bringing order to creation, uh, creating new things. Mm-hmm. Uh by God's grace we're reproducing goodness now if our if our jobs are not reproducing goodness there's a strong judgment on that
2: yeah
0: Um, and of course that doesn't mean that your job has to be like actually I can see how my job is making the world a perfect place right not every job is is like that like I'm farming corn while you're feeding the world yeah I'm a Google programmer you're helping people stay in communication Mm -hmm. but how does what you do help fill, subdue, and rule. Mm-hmm. Do you live as Jesus would live if he were you, mm-hmm. wherever you are? Mm-hmm. So if, if I'm 40 years old, I have four boys, um, I live in the Broadmoor neighborhood of New Orleans, like, how would Jesus live here amongst my neighbors? Yeah, It's, it's challenging. <laughs> yes, but to
2: say
1: the least. He <laughs> wants
0: to live through me in my unique situation. Yeah. And not, again, not bring us all into the same spot. And so our... Our jobs are important. Um, It's part of discipleship to Jesus. How we live out being kingdom people. Mm -hmm. Um, One of my favorite authors, uh, Dallas Willard, called discipleship, the way of following Jesus, the process we engage in from day to day to day, as training to reign. Wow. Because not only does our our job right now matter, and our work right now matter, Mm -hmm. but we will, with Christ, reign in authority with our true identities in the future. You can see this all throughout the New Testament. It's, yeah. it's pretty wild. Um, but a couple of a couple of verses that really speak to this are in Revelation. Um, and so at the beginning of Revelation, there are these seven letters written to seven different churches. In each one, Jesus either comforts, challenges, rebukes these different churches, depending on where they're at. And then he promises a reward to those who overcome. Mm-hmm. They basically live as he would have them live amongst their culture, even when it's hard. Yeah. And so a few of those rewards, Revelation 2.17, it says that to the one who is victorious, the one who overcomes, he will give that person a white stone with a new name written on it, known only to the one who receives it. Um, and I, I like this one. I like to be unique. <laughs> I mean, you've told me before I was hipster before there was hipster. <laughs> um, but I, I, most of us like being unique. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to have this individual, like, this is not... Like something I created, but God's going to give this to us. Yeah. Like, this is this is who I, I know you to be. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to like, yes, this is who I am.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but then this reigning part, uh, verses twenty six of chapter two, and then three twenty one. To the one who is victorious and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations. Wow.
2: Um,
0: to the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Mm-hmm. Um, Colossians and Ephesians talk about us reigning with Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus says to his disciples that you will reign with me.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: This idea of a kingdom—we're meant to have authority. Yeah. Now, I don't really know what that looks like, like post judgment when, right. like, Jesus has removed evil from from the universe, or how does that, like, it's how hard do you
1: imagine?
0: But yeah, there's—it's there's very clear that in some way, shape, or form, yeah. we are meant to continue this idea of partnership with God. Yeah, in the in the new world. And so just to kind of rehash a couple of points that we talked about, um, there's this idea of judgment and responsibility. Mm -hmm. Um, We talked about this the other day, and uh, this this little silly silly phrase, (laughs) no cheap... No cheat.
1: No cheap. No cheat.
0: So whatever we've been given to do, we can't be cheap about it. We need right. to do it with our, our full being, our like bring heart. yes, our whole mm-hmm. and not not try to fit into like let me do this like somebody else would do it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Let me do this just to please this person over here. Mm-hmm. But let me do this as God would have me do it.
2: Yeah, that's for, good
0: for His glory. Mm-hmm. And so don't do it cheap and don't cheat.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, don't cheat yourself and don't cheat God. Out of all he's meant for you to be. Mm-hmm. Now you could get like an over overachievement disorder from listening to this, I think. Right. And so we need to remember that ultimately our our most important uniquenesses, the things that most make us different, are sheer gift. Right. There, I mean, if you're if you're not a, a believer in God, you call it sheer chance. Right. Like, things we don't have control over. Mm-hmm. But we take those resources, and what are we going to do with it? Let's do good with it.
1: I want to. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Um, and I've and just taking responsibility as well yeah. like um, I've experienced this in recent years um, it's so easy to fall in the trap of trying to be like other people reproduce someone else's success mm-hmm. and um, I, honestly I was there for a while in my adult life um, in the recent years um, and then then when you don't live up to that then you may, maybe want to make excuses mm-hmm. like well I can't do this here because of such and such or so-and-so and so, mm-hmm. and so yeah, recent years, just learning to stand firmly in my God-given value and identity, yeah. taking responsibility for what I can,
2: mm-hmm. not
0: making excuses, um, and taking responsibility for what I should influence and accomplish. Yeah. But no more than that.
2: Right.
0: Like realizing that there are things that I can do,
2: mm-hmm.
0: there are things that I can accomplish, mm-hmm. and I'm going to do my very best to do those things That's and good. not make excuses.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But there are other things that. Like, maybe I I desire those things. I want to see them happen, but I I pray, and that's the partnership. Like, I need God to do that. And I'm going to do my part to the best of my ability without excuses and trust God to take care of the rest. And it's just so liberating. Yeah. Um, I found that in this humility, I've had greater courage to try harder things.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, And so, and it's also brought more joy,
2: Mm
0: -hmm. not trying to control things that aren't mine to control.
2: Right. Right.
1: And I think that also just ties into... Honoring and valuing one another, because yes, we we trust God with what we can't do in our own like strength or capabilities, but also God partners with other people who are different than us to do things that we can't do. Um, and when we honor and value in word, in deed, in attitude, the the giftings and the strengths and um, the the positions even that God has placed other people in um, we move all of us forward collectively. Um, just a testimony from myself. Um, I was going through a season where I really, really was insecure about the fact that I did not want to learn anymore. I was like, I got out of college. I got out of high school. I was a high achieving, you know, student. I really wanted to make good grades and I did. But after all of that, I was tired, like mentally tired and I didn't value learning anymore. And I really felt bad about that because I wanted to grow as a person and I wanted to develop myself and my skills, but it just felt so exhausting, um, to read more and to do more. And I, and I had these really awesome examples in Matt and my friend Deanna and every time they encountered a problem, they had a book or a podcast or something (laughs) to go with it. And I'm like, Lord, like, why isn't that my response? Like, why is it so tiring for me to like read, to learn or anything like that? And I felt the Lord say, like Morgan, it is okay that you don't enjoy doing that. I didn't create you to enjoy doing that. Um, you have strengths of your own, um, as they have their strengths um, that you bring to the to the table, to the body. You are very relationally intelligent, and you love people well. And um, it was just a really good learning lesson for me. Like, yes, I'm my own unique person, but also there are other unique people who God has created um, to do this work so that we can do it together yeah. and do it well. We do it better when we are together. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And um, just as I think sometimes we, we throw around the, the word honor mm-hmm. and maybe we don't know exactly what it means.
2: Yeah.
0: It really refers to like weight or value Mm -hmm. we give weight or value to one another Mm -hmm. and so that includes like these uniquenesses like maybe I don't well, I do value being relational. Yes, you
1: definitely. I've
0: learned to, but in when when I was younger, I never, maybe I didn't so much. Yep. And I remember actually being judgmental of charismatic personalities,
2: mm-hmm.
0: probably because I felt insecure around them. <laughs> and so I was like, "Oh, they're just shallow, blah blah blah." I'm trying to put on a show. Yeah. Because I felt insecure about myself. Mm-hmm. But if my values rooted firmly in God, I've received honor from God mm-hmm. rather than receiving honor from people.
1: Yeah.
0: It changes everything. It does. And so then I can look at someone like you or my wife. Mm-hmm. who is incredibly relational. Yeah. Um, and I can celebrate that. I give weight and value. Mm-hmm. I give honor mm-hmm. to that rather than judging it or feeling insecure about it. Yeah. And and vice versa. So we, we celebrate each other's strengths and we cover one another's weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And that's that's how we live in the body of Christ. Um, and just one little thing I want to throw in there at the very end yes. is this idea of Part of sharing, or sh- yeah, sharing God's responsibility in the earth, is also to share the good news of Jesus. Yeah, and we want to gospel the world. Yeah, bring the good news about Jesus that He's given us this value and He's mm-hmm. redeemed us to Himself. Mm-hmm. Like we can't hold that to ourselves. If I truly honor you, I'm going to tell you these the story of yeah. Jesus. I mean, even yeah. if you don't want to believe, but I'm going to tell you about it because yeah. it's if it is true, it's the most important thing you'll ever hear.
1: Yeah. And
0: so we want to do that.
1: Yeah, we want everyone to be a part of that multitude, every tribe, nation, tongue. We want you to be a part of it, too.
0: Yeah, so So thanks for listening. Yeah. That that does it for today's episode of Foundations with Tulane Chi Alpha. Uh, Thanks for listening, and may God bless you to be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth.
1: Amen.